I'm so proud of all of you guys who are joining us uh, at 6 a.m. And quite honestly, I am overwhelmed at the amount of young people that have been coming at 6 a.m. I mean, students, young adults, uh, men. We've got men showing up at 6 a.m. to pray for their families, to pray for their uh, communities, to pray God's blessing on their life and direction in their life. And so it has been super encouraging for me as a pastor to, to see all of the young adults, all of the men. Of course, obviously, everybody that's there. It's been an incredible, incredible time. I know several of you had mentioned to me um, some things that you're giving up. Um, a lot of people talked about tobacco. A lot of people talked about alcohol and different substances like that. And so here's my question to you on day 14. Only got one week left. Day 14, how's your clarity? How's your clarity? Because a lot of times when we give some of those things up for an extended period of time, about now is when they kind of start completely exiting our, our bodies and our mind becomes very clear, very focused. And so my encouragement to all of you guys who maybe chose to give up some form of a substance during this 21 days, like, let's make it a full-time thing. Let's make it a full-time thing because I believe the clarity and the sense of direction that you're receiving now is what God's plan is for you for your whole life. Amen, everyone. Praise God. I know people have talked to me, uh, said several things. Day five, the Lord gave me this. Or day 12, this happened. And so we still have time. We still have time. If you want to show up at 6 a.m. this week, um, join us in prayer upstairs in the small auditorium. Don't, don't buy into the, well, I haven't been doing it this whole time, so it's not going to work as well. No, 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 no. The Lord knows where you are. Amen, everyone. The Lord knows how to talk to you. And, uh, and the other thing is with last Wednesday and our, my friend Darren Tyler coming in, um, guys, we don't, we don't bring people in for last Wednesdays because we need a break. We bring people in because we believe there's something inside of them that the Lord wants inside of you. Amen, everyone. So plan on being here this Wednesday at 7 o'clock. See, missionaries, they're cut from a different cloth than everybody else. They're cut from a different cloth. There's no fluff with them. They just come in and they just tell it like it is because they live like it is. Uh, they have no choice but to believe God. And Darren pastors a church in Franklin, but he has got uh, a movement called Conduit that's just circling the globe. And I'm super, I'm super excited to uh, introduce you if you've not met him. Uh, he has been here. Uh, and I think it was in the first five years of our church we brought him in uh, for a weekend. Um, and then he's coming back again this week. So I'm excited about that. Open your Bibles to Psalm chapter 1, part 4 of our planted series. Um, I ask that you guys believe God with me because uh, I got to have my voice. I got to have my voice. <coughs> Excuse me. Psalm chapter 1 verse 3. That person is like a tree planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. This has been our signature uh, verse for the entire series. Uh, if you missed uh, week one, we talked about when you're close to the source, you don't have to depend on anything else. The Bible says that you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. A tree planted by rivers of water does not depend on the rain. Are you with me? We do not have to depend on uh, anything else when God is our source. He doesn't run out of resources. 
Your most creative idea hasn't come to you yet. Uh, Your best client is still out there. The opportunity of all opportunities is found in him. That business idea that you're looking for is found in Christ. That song, that piece of art, that poem, that lyric that moves you hasn't even found you yet. It's found in his presence. Amen, everyone? But the key is to stay planted. Week two, we talked about if you want verse three, you have to do verse one. Verse three, everybody wants verse three to be planted by rivers of water and whatever they do prospers, right? But in order to get verse three, we have to do verse one. Blessed, fortunate, prospered, and favored by God is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked following their advice and example. We asked you on week two, how's your walk? How's your walk? We said, um, the man who doesn't stand in the path of sinners, a path is just a pattern of life. And a lot of people came up to me and was like, man, pastor, that message really has been working with me. And point three of that one, we said, uh, a person who is, who is planted doesn't scoff. Can, you, can I tell you how many people have come up to me and the only thing they remember from that weekend was scoff? They're like, I, I've had several people come up and they go, pastor, I may be a scoffer. (laughs) I may be a scoffer. I love that the Lord's working uh, in our church through this series. Last week, our own worship pastor, Sam, brought it with the four soils found in Luke 8. Come on, can we give it up for that? Did a great job. Which seat are you sitting in? Are you in the searching? Are you in the new believer? Are you in the growing Christian or the mature believer? We all want to be sitting in the seat of the mature believer. Today, we're going to go a little bit different direction. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, I want to take you to the book of Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah chapter 3. And I told you this series was going to to sting a little bit more than maybe some of our other ones, but you guys seem to be good with it. Like, you're catching me in the foyer, and you're like, come on, bring it, Pastor. Like, I need it. Bring it. So we're going to bring it. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 14, return, faithless people. (laughs) All right, here we go. All right, we're going to bring it. Okay. Return, faithless people, declares the Lord. Now, a little bit of context about what's going on. Israel had lost track of God because of other things that had become more important to them than worship. Other things than a relationship with the Heavenly Father. And it didn't happen overnight. This is, this is the gradual fade that happens. One thing leads to another thing. And next thing you know, they're not going to the temple as much as they should be. They're not, they're not in prayer. They're not spending time in the presence of God. And then next thing you know, they wake up and the Bible says that they're away from him. He goes on to say, for I am your husband, the Lord said. One translation says, we're married We're married. I'm married to you. He says, I will choose you. He says, one from a town and two from a clan and bring you to Zion. Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. In those days when your numbers have increased greatly in the land, declares the Lord, people will no longer say the ark of the covenant of the Lord, which was the presence of the Lord. It will never enter their minds or be remembered. It will not be missed, nor will another one be made. It's a pretty strong passage of Scripture, and I want to look into this today. 
So let's pray and let's believe God. Father, I thank you right now. Lord, um, first of all, that my voice makes it through this service. Uh, Lord, I thank you for that. I believe you have a right now message for the body of Christ inside of me. And Lord, I thank you that you would lead us and that you would guide us. Father, that you would, you would show us things in your scripture that maybe we've never seen before. Lord, we thank you for that and we trust you for that now in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there's a, there's a saying, an adage, old adage, if you will. You know, it's, it's a little game. Tell me the last three Miss Americas. Uh, go ahead, anybody? Tell me the last three Miss Americas that won the, the, won the pageant. Tell me the, um, the last four Heisman Trophy winners. Some of you guys might could do that. The last four Heisman Trophy. The last two Nobel Peace Prize winners. Anybody? Anybody? We don't necessarily, and those are, those are like honorable things that people do. Like those are achievements. But then I can come up to every single one of you in this room and I can say, tell me the last four people that made a difference in your life and you'll just rattle them off. Tell me the last four people who were influential in your world. And it's easy for me, my dad. My dad was probably one of the most influential men in my life. Uh, he taught me what character was. He taught me what uh, integrity is, uh, doing right by others. And uh, he, 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 I am a product of, of my dad's upbringing. And he would tell you that he didn't do everything right, but what he did do right, I remembered. My beautiful wife is a very influential person in my life. Uh, she was saved before I was. And uh, when, I, when I first found Jesus, I had a ton of questions. And she has been a rock by my side. Uh, my youth pastor, I got saved when I was 17 years old. We, I, I still, like, we still hang, we still talk back and forth. And when he's in town, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll shoot us a message and say, hey, let's come have lunch. Let's do this thing. Um, very influential person in my life. Probably the very first person outside of Tyra to recognize the call of God in my life. And then my first pastor, man, I cut my, I cut my faith teeth at his church. I grew the most at his church. I grew so much, and we, we, were, we went to a large church. I mean, it, during our day, there was probably four or 5,000 people that worshiped there on the weekend, and for, for whatever reason, he knew my name. He remembered certain stories about me, even preached about me or mentioned me in one of his messages on the weekend. Just, just, just incredible man of God. It's not like we hung out very often, but yet he was so influential in my life. In fact, I would have never left that church had I, got, had I not got an opportunity to go step into ministry uh, at, at Tyra's uh, father's church. That was our first ministry opportunity was serving in Kuwaita. And so the only reason why I left was to go be on staff at that church. Amen, everyone? I was planted there. In fact, I would be in the community and people would talk because, you know, people, they just talk. People talk. You know, I found out people who aren't connected with a purpose. I'll say it this way. I heard Pastor Chris say this once. People who aren't doing anything are often critical of those who are. And I would be, in, I would be at school. I'm, again, 17, high school. Uh, I'd be at school and people would start talking about my pastor. Man, I just wanted to. You know what I mean? It's my pastor, right? You don't talk about my pastor, very influential person in my life. And it was because I was planted. 
And again, the only reason I left was because uh, the Lord uh, gave me the assignment of going into ministry. In Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, the Bible says, I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. That word shepherds there could be translated pastors. God says, I will give you pastors. God has given us pastors. And I believe that everyone has a pastor. They have a church. They have a vision that they are to be connected to, to learn from, and to serve in their community with. The Bible says, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. In other words, they, they've got a vision inside of them that is my vision for that community. They've got a vision inside of them that is my vision for that group of people, those, uh, those, those people in that area. And I know people ask me this all the time, Pastor Darian, do you believe that everyone that pastors a church is called by God? I don't. I don't. And that's not to, to point fingers at anyone. Um, I just believe some people like the notoriety of ministry. I think for some, there's some pride involved there. Others, I believe no one else was doing it, so they stepped in to fill a gap. And it was commendable. But if you're not called to do this, this thing called pastoring will eat your lunch. Some churches were started out of offense. They were, they were started because they didn't like something was going on, so they went across town and started their own thing. But listen, the ones who are called by God, the Bible says, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. I'm going to lead them. I'm going to put things inside of them that I want inside of you. Pastor Darian, do you believe that uh, there should only be one pastor in a community? <laughs> Friends, if we felt up every chair in every church at every available service time, there would still not be enough room for every single person in Mays County. We need each other. We have to have each other. I'm so thankful for our friends over at um, my, my friend Pastor Andrew. Started their, had their, opened their brand new building. Text him on the first day. I'm sitting backstage. We're getting ready to go on. And I know that they were going to launch December 5th because we've been talking. And I said, bro, listen, the people of your place, church, are with you today. We sewed into their building. Amen, everyone. You sewed into their building. He, he said, uh, he texted me the next week and he says, hey, man, we got a bunch of chairs showing up. Can I come borrow your chair dollies? Absolutely. Do you need some, do you need some help? Like, we've got some guys standing around. Man, we'll, we'll come over and help you. He's like, well, I think we've got it, but if I could get your chair dollies, that would be great. And so, <clears throat> and so he did. We've sewn into North Star. We've sewn into some of these other churches that are doing works in this community. Listen, if every seat in every congregation was full for every service time, there still would not be enough chairs, enough opportunities for every single person in Mays County. We believe that the local church is the hope of the world. That's why we support the art, which today, listen to this, friends. Today, right now, 10 o'clock, we're launching our 1,000th church. Come on, we can celebrate that, amen? Our 1,000th church. I do believe that if God has given you a pastor, 
and has given you a church after his own heart, that we all have a responsibility to pray and to hear God who that is. Who that is. You know, we get, we get a lot of, you know, a lot of people like, again, like to talk. And people will say, oh, your place, church, they're just about the numbers over there. <laughs> no, we're not. We just love people. We just love people. And we're not about the numbers. We believe that, that God has called you and he's connected you to a ministry. He, if he's connected you to a pastor, if he's connected you to a church, then you need to pray and determine who that is. And then you need to settle it once, for, once and for all. And once you know that you know that you know, you need to plant yourself right there and watch God move. Amen, everyone. Listen, our culture has given us permission to just leave any type of situation regardless of what the excuse is. You don't want to be married anymore? Get a divorce. You don't like that job anymore? Quit. You don't, you don't want that car anymore? Get rid of it. Buy something else, right? And we're like, well, yeah, that, well, I mean, that's fine. Yeah, but we intermingle all of them. And we've made it such a deal that if I'm dissatisfied, I will quit. And listen, friends, it may be okay to get a different car, but you cannot get a different spouse. Are you with me, friends? It's not just because you're done. That one's got a little high mileage on it. I'm going to trade her in and get me something younger. You know what I mean? Get some high mileage. No. No. That's not what the word says. We are emotional people, and we make emotional decisions on life-altering situations. If God called you to something, we don't have the luxury of just deciding we don't want to do it anymore. Did you know that even if I wanted to, I was doing very well in business when I was in bivocational ministry. I was doing very well. And it would have been super easy just to flip a switch and say, you know what, I think I'm just going to go this direction in my life. We'll be great dream teamers. Like, we'll be the ones that serve on first service. Like, we'll hold the door open. We'll brew coffee. We'll be great at that. We'll be great kingdom builders. The Lord's blessed us. We'll give uh, aggressively to the mission and vision of, of the church. We'd be great at it. In fact, it was super tempting when we came to launch Your Place Church. We were all worshiping at Church on the Move at the time. They had a Saturday night service, and we were all there. And I'm like, why on earth would I start a church when this is right here? But down on the inside of me, I heard God say, there's several people that will not make this drive, and I need a work just like this in Mays County. I didn't have the luxury to not. And listen, I wouldn't want to. Because there's nothing like being right smack dab in the middle of God's will for your life. You want to know where the blessing of God is? Right smack dab in the middle of his will for your life. That is where the blessing of God is. The blessing of God is place dependent and I'll say it this way, it's obedience dependent. When you follow God in every area of your life, the blessing of God will follow you. And to illustrate that, I'm going to take you to Genesis chapter 12. This is the story of Abraham. This is back before God changed his name to Abraham. <coughs> his name is Abram. 
Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to a land I will show you. In other words, the only reason why he's leaving is because the Lord directed him to. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you, you'll be a blessing. The whole reason God blesses us is so we can be a blessing. Amen, everyone? I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he, sent out from, when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Now, it's interesting that, that the Bible points to Abraham's nephew. Why on earth did Abraham have his nephew with him? It's a bit of a tragic story if you read it. In fact, in Genesis chapter 11, it tells the story. This is the account, verse 27, of Terah. Everybody say Terah. Why do I want you to say that? Because I want you to remember that name. Of Terah's family line. Terah. You guys okay? Terah became the father of Abram, of Nahor, and Haran. He had three boys, Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. You guys tracking? While his father Terah was still alive... Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Verse 11, verse 31, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, his daughter-in-law Sarah, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. The very same place that we will read later that God told Abram to go. I am convinced that the, the direction, the mandate to go inhabit that land was first given to Abraham's father, Terah. He told him, go, take your family, go to the land I've given you called Canaan. So Terah gets his family, gets his grandson, because now he's the adoptive father. His baby boy, Haran, had passed away, and now he's got his son. Abraham, Sarah, Lot, come on, we're going. God called us to go to Canaan. Verse 31, the Bible says, but when they came to, look at this, Haran. The city was called Haran. So they're traveling, they show up, they came to a city named Haran, and the Bible says they didn't keep going, they settled there. 
When they got to Haran, they settled there. Then the Bible doesn't give us an indicator why. It simply says they settled there. Maybe they had a great school system. Maybe they, you know, got a deal on some acreage and decided to set up camp. Or maybe the town was named after Terah's baby boy who died. The only thing we know is that they settled there. Was Haran a place of such emotional pain that Terah chose not to go on? Did the town get its name because they lived there? We, we don't know. But as we look at chapter 11, at the end of chapter 11, verse 32, Terah lived 205 years and he died in Haran. This place of emotional pain, leaving Abram and Sarah and guess who? Lot. And so now here's Abram and Sarah and this is my nephew, and I mean, his dad died, and now my dad's died. Come on, boy, you're coming with us, son, right? We make so many life-altering decisions based upon emotions at the time, don't we? So many of us, we don't pray about things. We just settle for what we see or what we want to do and what we don't want to do. We, have come, we, we give no regard to the actual plan of God in our life. We, we make decisions based upon the way we feel. The Lord called to Raw to go to Canaan, and he made the decision not to go on. The Bible says he died without fulfilling his calling and purpose in life. Does this make sense, friends? Fast forward now several years. Abram has entered the land God had promised him. Chapter 13, verse 1. So he's there, they go into Canaan, and again, the blessing of God is place, or I'll say it this way, um, obedience dependent. Abraham receives the call, the call, okay, you, you go into Canaan, you go there. So Abram went up from Egypt to, uh, to the Nagab with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock, and in silver, and in gold. Why? Because when you're in the place that God put you, the blessing of God will follow you. Amen, everyone? And side thoughts, um, if we fail to do the plan of God, God will find someone else to do it for you. Are you with me? God gave that original decree to Terah, but now here's Abraham following through with it. But see, time has passed now. They're in the land of Canaan, and they're blessed. They don't have just a, a little herd on the North 40. Like, they've got herds. The Bible says Abram was very wealthy. And he had all of this land, all of these herds. He's got all of these servants that are helping him take care of them, herdsmen and people like that, verse 6. But the land could not support them while they stayed together for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together that's that's blessing amen their forget their their possessions were so great that they just could not stay together and quarreling look at this quarreling arose between abram's herders and lots 
the Canaanites and the uh, uh, Perizzites, 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 don't say parasites, that would be offensive. Parasites were also living in the land at the time. So Abram said to Lot, hey, let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we're close relatives. In other words, hey, we've been through so much together. Let's don't let something, let's don't let something come between us. We're family. Let's just figure this out. And in our culture, instead of just sitting down and having hard conversations, we would rather just avoid those hard conversations. We would rather just talk about people. Can you believe that? Those guys, we, we got we to gotta have our sheep on the same field as yours. We got to drink from the same wells. I mean, we got our own stuff. We got to take care of ourselves here, right? Scoff. <laughs> what about me? So Abram tells Lot in verse 9, is not the whole land before you? Abram's like, look at this place, bro. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. Which I think is very honorable for Abram here. Because you know what? Abram's the whole reason Lot was blessed in the first place. Abram is the one that God told to go into the land. Abram is the leader of this here establishment. But yet for the sake of the relationship, Abram tells Lot, hey, listen, you just pick. You want to go that way? I'll take my herds this way. You want to go this way? I'll take my herds and we'll go that way. Because he was trying to preserve the relationship. Verse 10, Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan toward Zorah was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Verse 11, so Lot chose for himself. Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. The two men parted company. You know, Lot did what was right for him. I got to take care of what's mine. I got to take care of my crew. The whole reason he had a crew was because of the blessing that was following his uncle. He had a choice to make. He could have said, listen, Uncle Abe, <laughs> we could, you know what? I'm going to sell half of my livestock. I'm going to get rid of all of this stuff because I realize that where I'm flourishing is with you. Instead, he chose, he made a decision to part ways and not just part ways, but take the good, what seemed to be the good land, the well-watered land, and not to stay planted with the one who brought him. Verse 12, Abram lived in the land of Canaan while Lot lived in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent near Sodom. And for those of you who understand the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, like, Ab like Lot, knew, Lot knew. But what happened was when he separated himself from where God had him planted, he went to where he thought looked better. And all of a sudden, here we go. Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. And again, if you know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, the Lord destroyed those two communities. 
and Lot's wife because she loved that lifestyle. And she looked back, and the Bible says she turned into a pillar of salt. We need to recognize who God has connected us to. Are you with me, friends? And just because we don't see eye to eye sometimes, we have to work through it because that's what families do. That's just what families do. It's just what families do. You know, I, I told you a few weeks ago, I, I kind of used the illustration of a planted tree. And I realized I did not plant that tree there. But you're going to have to just give me some grace. I covered the pot with, with, it's supposed to look like dirt, okay? That's a planted tree and a potted plant, right? You know, here's the thing. I've got these trees on my property and they're planted in 80% of the time. It's sunny, you know, light breeze, beautiful out there. Seagulls, we have an eagle's nest in one of our pine trees right now. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. We named him Eddie. His name's Eddie. He'll come soaring in and he'll put his little talons out. And he'll come land in the, in the tree. It's beautiful and it's majestic. And 80% of the time, that tree has no problems. But there are 10% of the time, man, that, that wind picks up and that tree gets some wind. And it blows in the wind. And the other 10% of the time, it may get just downright tornadic out there. And I mean, it is a storm of brewing. But that tree never moves because it's planted. Now, this tree, because I know this because Tyra, you know, is trying to be <laughs> some kind of gardener. So she's got all these potted plants on our back porch. And that same storm will come. And that tree will just kind of sway in the wind. This tree gets knocked off my porch, right? Why? Because it's not planted. And see, the thing about a, a, a potted plant, when we're sitting in the sunshine and everything's great in life and a storm appears to be brewing, we can just pick ourselves up and walk over here and sit here for a little bit, right? And then we can do whatever we want. We don't have to stay planted in any, in any position. And what happens is, is we'll move ourselves around. The problem with that is because we're never planted, we'll never get bigger than that. We'll stay in the confines of the pod that we're surrounded in. And when the storm comes, we get kicked right out. And here's the thing. The similarity between both of these, the storm comes to both of them. The storm comes to both of them. One of them will make it. One of them won't. Does this make sense, friends? Those who are planted by the rivers of water, they will increase. They will prosper. And I know what you're thinking. I don't really want to weather a storm. <laughs> Nobody does. Nobody wants to weather the storm. But the storm's coming to all of us. Interesting thing about the pine trees on our property, there, there's, there's got to be hundreds of them all in this one little area. And when the storm starts to blow, like none of them take the full force of the wind because they're all clustered together. 
They're all clustered together. I love hearing stories of life groups where one of them, you know, someone in the life group is in the hospital, so the rest of the life group takes a meal over to, the, to their kids, makes sure that their kids are getting to school and getting picked up, waters the dog, right? Because that's what they do. They take care of each other when one of them's going through a storm. They're here for each other. And if you don't want to be a part of a life group, that's your prerogative. But I'm telling you, the life groups is where it's at at your place, church. It's where it's at. This is great on the weekend, and we're all about it, but life groups are where it's at. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15 says, I will give you shepherds, plural. In other words, there's not just me at this place. We have other pastors on our staff that are doing incredible works. We have other directors that are doing incredible things. But God's planted us here for you, for your benefits. I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. So I have one question for you this weekend. Perfect timing. I have one question for you this weekend. Did God call you here? Did God call you here? Are we your pastors? Because if we are, He's connected you to us and us to you. Amen, everyone. Once you can resolve that and you can plant yourself, God will do great things through you. Now, that's not to say that God will never move you, but it'll be God who does it. Not an emotional decision. Not because of an offense. Not because I'm just looking for something new. I'm just going to try some things out. It will be God who made the decision. Amen, everyone? I have this dream that one of these days I wake up and there's people that's been around here for 30 years people that we believed God with them to have their baby or their kids or whatever and then next thing you know their baby's grown and we're watching them get married that's this my dream as a pastor if this is your place then you need to know what your place church is and what we stand for your place church exists because we have a mandate from God to reach connect and equip equip people to live what they believe. The whole reason we do First Saturday Serves is because of this. The whole reason we serve in foster care, do outreaches, our missions trips, it's all to reach people. Your place church exists to reach people. The whole reason we do Compass and life groups is to connect people with their calling, with each other. Several of our message series, a lot of our life groups, our college, our staff meetings, our departmental meetings, 
Those are all designed to equip people. Reach, connect, and equip people to live what they believe. I don't know about you, but I don't, I'm tired of just playing church. I'm tired of saying we're Christians, but we don't live like a Christian. If God said it in his word that he'll do it, then he'll do it. And it changes how I live. How I treat my wife, I found in the word, and it's changed how I live. How I treat you is found in the word, and it's changed me. We're not punching a clock around here. We're not just getting heaven points. We're on a mandate to reach, connect, and equip people to live what they believe. Amen, everyone? And that's the mission of Your Place Church. So I don't know what you're actually looking for in a church, but if you want to connect to the mandate that God has for the people of Your Place Church, then this is what we're doing. Amen, everyone? And if God gave that mandate to us and he called you to us, then that mandate is on you as well to reach, connect, and equip people to live what they believe.